0: Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that goes to the cinema, sees a couple of films each week, rates them out of five, stays at home or watches a couple of things, there might be TV shows, there might be films, rates them out of five, Go, like says, well, gets an average and then sees where has the money been better spent this week. Who is winning the bat for our eyeballs? Is it Netflix or is it cinema? My name is Tosin and I'm the host. I'm based up in the United Kingdom in a place called Bromsgrove, not that far from the second city, Birmingham, and joining me as always on the Isle of Wight air Sharon Bolland. Hello. And Holly Nesling is our London correspondent joining us from Guess Where? Hi. Hi. <laughs> right. right, cool. You know, I was actually trying to think about this. Like when we do these intros, I'm trying to think what are the things that so like you know um that what are the things that identify us? And I know that Sharon, you're you're really you're really big into our book to film adaptations. Because yeah. if there's a if there's a film that's based on a book, you've probably read the book. <laughs> that's pretty much going on with dune chapter two coming up that is that that that's a that's a pretty cool thing i have um i was offered i was offered an expert who is really really big into their sci-fi and their sci-fi book to film adaptations and everything like that and i thought hmm i think we might be able to do a, a dune chapter two special kind of thing afterwards because yeah. i did listen to the audiobook of dune all 26 hours of it before <laughs> Yeah, 26 hours of the book. The book is longer than a day. Uh,
1: <laughs> it, didn't take me, it didn't take me a full 26 hours to read it.
0: Oh, well, if you add everything up together.
1: Yeah, I suppose. It, and they're, they're slower, aren't they? Audiobooks are slower than actually reading.
0: Yeah, possibly. Possibly, yeah. There, a lot on. of driving. A lot of driving up and down the country. And um, so, yeah, I think we could do something with Dune thing And Holly, I mean, you are just, you. I think... You are kind of, you know how on all these TV shows, like, you know, your X Factor or or Strictly Come Dancing, whenever you have all these judges, there's always one judge that's kind of like, you know, the that's like, it's like the soft one. It's like the happy one. It's like the the sort of like, if you excuse the sort of horribly gendered term, den mother, who's sort of like, like, oh, (laughs) it's okay. It's fine. And I figure that's who you are, Holly. You're the one. Because I remember last week we spoke about, I actually said the words, if Holly had seen this, she would give this a five. I just said because I was like, yeah, that's what Holly, Holly, Holly is the one who I think I I feel like you, you appreciate that it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to make a film, and therefore the effort and the time needs to be awarded by at least one extra star that most of the people would give it.
1: Yes, I think that's fair. All right, cool. Although, except in some circumstances where I, I cannot bring myself to do this I mean nado being
0: a key example well yeah that's the thing if we get to the point where even you cannot muster up the goodwill to <laughs> to to say things good about a film then that is really really bad that means that the film has really just kind of like tanked it but but anyway we will see what the films that we talk about this week will do when well, we're gonna start in cinema before that I have gone back to my usual thing of not being able to get that out of the house to go to the cinema. But when I was actually looking at the films that were on this week, I was like, I don't think that there's much out there. I'm not sure whether you guys found the same thing.
2: I didn't even look this week. But <laughs> <laughs> but when I looked last week, what was coming out, I was thinking, actually, I'm not that bothered. And when I saw the trailers for the last two times I've been to the cinema, I was thinking,
1: yeah, <laughs> not that bothered. I mean, I'm... Booked in to see Dune tomorrow in yes. the IMAX, yes. which will
2: be very, very
1: exciting. But obviously, that's only available for tomorrow. So, you know, couldn't have done that any sooner. Also, I've been, also, Cinema Buddy has been on holiday, which is
0: clearly unacceptable. I know! <laughs> uh, How dare having... you!
1: <laughs> I know! It's not acceptable. So, but we are probably going to see Wicked Little Letters tomorrow as well. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, but, As
1: I've seen that.
0: Yeah, but, but, my, but my, my thing was that it seemed like everything that was that's actually out in the cinema at the moment, we have already seen or reviewed. Which which was weird, because I know that we had this whole thing where for a while, people were avoiding Marvel movies. So if a Marvel movie was coming out, you knew that people were going to try and avoid no, the, yeah. the week after the Marvel movie, there'll be nothing else. But this is weird, because I know Dune is coming out soon, but the week before yeah. Dune, nothing. And... I'm I'm wondering whether this has to do with um last year we had um what's it called? Uh Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which was released a week before Barbenheimer. And yeah. <laughs> and people's people were like, Yeah, uh Barbenheimer kind of like took all the oxygen. And so Mission Impossible didn't do what everybody was expecting Mission Impossible to do. And I'm wondering whether this is what we're seeing now that we have I'm pretty sure no film got released last week. Like, no new film went on wide release last week. There's a couple, there's a Polish movie, there is a Japanese anime, there is, but if I'm looking at the films, okay, Wicked Little Letters, I guess, maybe that was released, but you you guys saw the previous screening of that. We've got Bob Marley, One Love, Wicked Little Letters, Madam Web, Migration, Mean Girls, Pepper's Cinema Party, not saying that, Indiana Rage of the Lost Ark, okay, re-release, and... Sami Swoy Polsacek which is a Polish movie and it's yeah nothing was released I just thought I just thought it was really weird because I was I was thinking oh I can't leave the house but even if I could I couldn't add anything new to the podcast because we've seen we've spoken about all these things pretty much but
1: we by the by walked out of Mean Girls
0: I heard that, and I really wanted to go see Mean Girls to see why you walked out of it, and to see whether we had found something that just was like, you know, something that something that that like that something that you were going to be Scrooge like about. It's
1: just not good, not good
0: all right all right cool i will wait until that shows up on tv and then we'll i'll find out if it was a walk out if i agree with your with your stance with your moral stance of walking out of mean girls all right cool so let's go to cinemas and let's start off with one love sharon tell me a bit about one love or to give it its full title it seems to be the full title is bob marley one love
2: one love yeah well as the full title, Bob Marley One Love, suggests it is about Bob Marley, and this is a period in his life particularly focused on, um, is the period when um, Jamaica was riven by sort of civil unrest uh, towards like the mid 70s, and Bob Marley was well known in Jamaica at that point, was you know a, a national star, yeah, and he was going to do a peace concert to um, try to unify these sort of the the rival factions, these two political factions, that was like basically tearing Jamaica apart. And because of this, this peace event, he became a target of sort of different factions. And his actual house was assaulted and he was shot and his manager was shot. And for the safety of his family and his band and people around him, he actually relocated to London for a period of time and just lived in in London. And while he was there, he um, obviously began to see a bit of the British culture about how punk was sort of forming and how other musical influences were just like showing and being influenced. And so he thought he'd wanted to do like a new sound inspired by where he's come from and where he's going. And obviously his sort of abiding faith, which is as a Rastafarian. Yeah. And it basically, the film is about how he and the Whalers um, living in London produced the, the the phenomena that became the album Exodus. Yeah. And how Exodus then suddenly was like this springboard for reggae in the UK. Yeah. Um, and, and how we would say it, you saw the influences in the UK in like the ska movement, how suddenly you got this fusion of like, you know, British music influenced by punk and then influenced by reggae and you have this sort of complete fusion but it's basically the story is about how how the making of exodus and all the influences that came to bear how the influences of his of his life of his background the fact that he is a mixed-race child his father or dual heritage child his father was a a white English man his mother was a, a black Jamaican and how he was you know grew up as a yellow boy as he was called in jamaica
0: you know i always wondered why he was so light <laughs> yeah it's one of those things i always wondered why he was so light but i never looked it up
2: <laughs> yeah his dad was white british but he was a colonial sort of, sort of officer in in jamaica oh yeah um had very little to do with his son very little to do with his mother um and how as a, as a as a young man as a just like a teenager, basically he got in- inspired by the Rastafarian movement and how he basically became a just passionate Rastafarian who believed that Halas Selassie was the second Christ. Yep. He was that he was, you know, they that's who he believed it. And he sort of based his life believing that um that the the Halas Selassie was who he said he was. And throughout the film, there's these images of how of his father and the influence his father had on his life, even though his absence in some ways was a big influence and how Hala Selassie, um, his absence, but his presence again was like a big influence. And there are some scenes where you see this symbolically, his father and Hala Selassie sort of almost become merged in some scenes where um, you have this imagery of him riding on a horse. Though Hala Selassie famously rode a white horse Mm. and in the film he's riding a black horse. I don't know if there's a sort of something more involved in that, but when he, you know, famously Halislasi rode this sort of big white horse, didn't he, when he re-entered Addis Ababa. Because I, I know that, because my dad was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, <was> the <laughs> so he marched into Addis Ababa, marching behind one of only 30 European troops who marched into Addis Ababa with Halislasi. But my dad was one of those 30. It's amazing. I've given for so I knew a lot about Hallas Lassie, more than most people probably do. Um, so I I knew all about him, but my friend I went with had no idea who he was. So a lot of the rastafarian <laughs> stuff sort of passed her by. But regardless of that aspect of the film, it's sort you hear the music, you sort of get that passion, you get that feeling of um, just what motivated and how he did bring sort of basically reggae to the masses, especially European and
0: um, yeah. So so, so I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of issues with that I have, which are which are part of the reason why I'm not particularly looking forward to. Oh, uh, this was not on my list. This was this was not one of those. I'm gonna make the deal with my wife and promise to do the dishes for the last for the next fifteen years if I could just go. Watch, I was wasn't the film I was gonna do that for. And one of them is that it's a music biopic, and they tend to follow a certain formula, and they tend to not really give you anything new. Although. I mean, the last couple of ones, like, you know, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. I was like, didn't know she was in a same-sex relationship. And um, this one, I'm like, didn't know Bob Marley's dad was white. So maybe they are giving you something. But does this do anything other than your average music biopic?
2: Holly, do you want to
1: answer that one? Um, no, I don't think it did. Um, it was, It was beautifully done. I really liked it. Um, but I don't think it gave you it is there any magical insight to give to most people probably not Mm -hmm. he was a very talented musician and his story is incredibly interesting but and arguably you know quite his music was and his life were quite you know transformative in the positive impacts they had on other people. I certainly learned the things watching it that I hadn't known.
0: Yeah.
1: But I didn't, didn't know that much about him beforehand anyway, so that wasn't difficult. Um, so watching the film, it, did, it didn't change the earth, obviously, but it was a beautiful depiction of the life of somebody who was quite interesting. Um, and didn't entirely gloss over his negative traits, Mm -hmm. Um, also didn't dwell on them. It's one of those ones that's quite interesting. It's only passingly mentioned that he is not that great at monogamy.
0: And and quite quite a lot of children. Well, I mean
1: all his, of the other children as well
0: his family was involved in making the film so so make of <laughs> yeah. that what you will
1: yes well absolutely and it was that the existence of the many children being raised by his wife was you know all his children seemed to live with them yeah and she after them, they just weren't all all hers so i thought that was quite i would say it was mildly interesting i've i've seen that done before in um cry freedom uh, about Steve Biko, which Steve yeah. you may remember one of my favourite films, um, they, it is never explicitly said in that film that he has had multiple, he's also a bit of a philanderer. <laughs> and you sort of figure it out, but I certainly, it took me years to realise that that was actually subtly mentioned in there and the fact that he had, you know, at least one child with somebody else he wouldn't get from watching the film. Okay, but back so, to One Love. Yes. So it was all, and it was the same with One Love, is you wouldn't have, you sort of, you don't realise all of these things until it's mentioned as an aside. So it's, I think it probably didn't overly dwell on things that maybe he warranted some criticism for. I don't know. That's probably quite quite
0: uncritical of, of yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah but, but I mean, but
2: that, that that's just,
0: that's, the, just the, that's just the music biopic. No, it's, it's just the music biopic, isn't
2: yeah. yeah, it? Yeah, I think that's cut half of the course, really, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah.
1: There's nothing, there's nothing that, that criticism wouldn't bring anything to the party.
0: Well, essentially, let me put it this way: when it comes to a musical fig- figure, when it comes to musical figures, I have decided that I don't want to watch narrative movies made about musical figures. I want to watch documentaries. <laughs> like when it comes to when it comes to musical yeah. figures, I think you get a lot more from a documentary than you get from like a, a, a narrative film. Because I'm just kind of like yeah it's uh, you're just gonna give me like no it's just it's we've seen it so many times there's a tried and tested formula that very rarely gets broken and it's kind of like,
1: like priscilla was like that beautiful very beautiful but
0: yeah but priscilla wasn't the music wasn't about the person doing the music it's so so i think so yeah it's it's hey hey anyway so how many stars would we give um would we give this
2: I think I'd go four, personally. I must I'm getting, I was thinking good three or a four, because I love, I, a, I do like Bob, I've got to see Bob Marley CD in my car, <laughs> always. <laughs> I, I've got, I bought Legend when it, I remember when he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the music when he was alive, because um, I'm that old. Um, but I do, yeah, so I, it made me sort of go, ooh, yeah. Um, it was an interesting conversation um i had my friend i went to see it with because we were had a complete role reversal she knew nothing about bob marley and could barely understand a word that was said because <sighs> of the jamaican sort of patois that they used Yep. she could barely understand it but she sort of enjoyed it and i was in exactly the same position when i watched whitney with her the whitney biopic yeah i didn't, knew none of the music and was like barely really it was that interesting but i saw it as a friend, yeah. so she same boat, but we both enjoyed it. So I would, I think I'm going to go with a four because I loved the music. I thought the guy who played Bob Marley was really charismatic.
0: Kingsley Benadir, he
2: really, was That's great. Funny. If you're going to watch it, you're going to have to tune in to the sort of the Jamaican accent, the Jamaican um, rhythm and pattern of speaking, because I know a lot of people just couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah, but no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, I thought it was a fun film. Um was interesting about some of the rastafarianism stuff mm. oh, cool but, yeah so I'd be, i think i'd go with a four for it i think as the music music pop goes i think it was a, one of the better ones
0: all right cool good stuff yeah. and and yeah, uh, right. uh, yeah, cool. one final thing of Tosin doesn't get to go to the cinema so Tosin starts complain about things he doesn't like about films he's never watched <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and the, the only thing i would say about this is it's kind of like i'm getting on my high horse again about um underrepresented people on screen and all that and I know that this has Kingsley Benadier playing Bob Marley and it has Lashana Lynch playing his wife, who are both British and have Caribbean heritage. I, I'm pretty sure about that. But, uh, but at the same time, I'm, I do wish that they would start casting Jamaicans in films like this <laughs> or or casting Africans to play Africans. But anyway, never mind. Never mind. That is to an,
1: untrained, f- to an untrained ear, I thought their accents were good, but I would... I wouldn't like to say I could safely identify the difference between a decent Jamaican accent and an actual Jamaican yeah. accent. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've oh,
0: oh, Holly, that just reminded me. I've got an um, I've got a great great um article to send you about the mm. use of the African accent in Hollywood movies.
2: Uh, oh, or oh, like, oh, oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, shall we say African accents and Hollywood movies? Yeah, I I was I was I was reading it going yes. Yes. Yes, I've been saying this for years.
1: (laughs) Is it the single accent? Is it the fact that everybody sounds like they're from generic Africa?
0: Wherever that is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, <they're laughs> it, the, everybody sounds like they come from Hollywood, Africa, where they're going, yeah, that'll do. And, <laughs> and, they're just going, and it's, it's pretty much that. It's pretty much that. But anyway, let's move on. Let's oh, talk about yes. Send
1: me the article, please.
0: <laughs> and if anybody's interested, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put the uh, the link to the article in the show notes for this. But it was one I cannot remember who it was written by. I'm going to look as we're talking, and I will try and find out who it was written by. Because I read this thing, and I just kind of almost... I, Pretty much punched the air and said yes, 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 yes. About, but anyway, let's move on to Netflix and let's talk about Rustin. Now, Rustin is a it, the, here. We are. It, it must. It must be like Oscar season or something. There's so many biopics around, but <laughs> Rustin is a biopic. But I think like uh, if there's one good thing that's happened in the biopic area is that people have stopped trying to give you cradle to grave biopics where they go through a whole a person's whole life. And they've more or less so focused on um, on events, and this is pretty much like a um, this is pretty much a it's pretty much a biopic of the march that happened in Washington that led to Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech. It's pretty much a biopic of that, but it focuses on a character called Bayard Rustin, who I had never heard about before. Who yeah, who was essentially the person who came up with the idea of the march and did everything to make this march happen. Because it's one of those things where I remember, you know, you hear about the Martin Luther King going, I have a dream today. I just think, yeah. I look at the fact that there's hundreds of thousands of people in the center of Washington and you just take it as read that, yeah, that happens. And it's not until probably with me, you grow older, you move to you know, like England or something like that. and You start thinking, hang on a second. The admin, how did they get all those people in there? How did they get all those people in there without, like, you know, the powers that be thinking that there was about to be a mob thing happening uh, without them bringing out tanks? And how did that not become a bloodbath, (laughs) essentially? And and this film talks all about Rustin and how Rustin went about making sure that this actually happened. But it also points out the fact that Rustin was a black gay man living in the, I think it was 50s, 60s, And so he's kind of almost been brushed under the carpet. And he's kind of like been put out of history. And even in the film itself, you have all these different factions of black America. You have the NAACP. You have all these other groups that I had never heard of. I did not even know it existed. There was one called like SNCC or something like that. And you had, and they keep showing you all the different heads of them and how they're also adjusting for position. And some of them are like, you know, allied with Kennedy's administration. So they're just trying to protect their position. And some people are saying we shouldn't do this march because if we do this march, it is going to be seen as an aggression thing. Kennedy's trying to do something diplomatic. This will be seen as too. this will be seen as trying to undermine him. And all these different factions that went into, bef- that, that were trying to just, before this could actually happen. What could happen, how he, what his relationship was like with Martin Luther King, how it wasn't all cut and dry and it wasn't all heroism. And that I really, really enjoyed because I was like, okay, now this is great. This is, this is, is going through, this film almost goes through, this is, this is the boring backroom stuff that needs to happen for change to happen. And what and what Rustin actually had to go through for change to happen, and the fact that even though in uh, like um he's he's pretty much like what happened is that uh, this film was uh this film was produced by the Obamas, and the Obamas they gave Bayard Rustin the Congressional Medal of Freedom even though he died years before they ever go into office, and I think that's because they think here because I think he was a real influence to Obama with Obama's activism before he became president, and they think this guy's just been He's been wiped out of history, and even in the film, in the run-up to the march on Washington, there's people trying to wipe him out because he's gay. There are people just trying to push him out of there, and they're saying things like, "You have Jeffrey Wright." Jeffrey Wright shows up for one, pretty much one scene in this film, and I think it is, it is a, it is uh it is a vindication of getting a good actor to not do, to not do much time-wise in the film because in that one scene, he just translates he just communicates everything about this character who is saying like um well you know we've done a lot of good work here and this is after everything had already been organized but if there was one person here who had like you know certain predilections that you think would like you know ruin the point you're trying to make would you allow that person to come into the march and would you allow that person to be in washington with you and all the way you see all these different fights that rustin is fighting and all the time not losing sight of his activism and and i I thought it was I thought I uh, well Coleman Domingo who plays him is great. it sent me down to go look find out more about Rustin and what he did and everything I thought was great, but holly, you you talk i'll I'll take a breath
1: I thought it was an absolutely beautiful film and really interesting. I hadn't known about him beforehand, and I found it very interesting seeing his his internal battles with his own identity his simultaneous acceptance and battles with his own identity as a gay black man in the time period and how he also didn't wish to be defined by he simultaneously I think almost wanted to be defined and didn't want to be defined I know that's you know completely contradictory you know few sentences but it was a there was a sort of conflict in himself in whom he was attracted to and how he felt about himself that was very interesting yeah so you didn't just look at the the fascinating you know position on civil rights you looked at the fascinating position of somebody who is a brilliant and flawed individual who is battling their own demons
0: yes (laughs) yeah
1: Um, and i think it captured him beautifully and really, I, it it sort of it was it sort of gives you shivers film in places. I think I, if I remember rightly, I got a, you, know, a, you know a bit damp eyed towards the end. But of course, as you know, I cry at everything, so that's not that much of a statement about anything. But it really, the emotion of it really got to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I find it quite inspiring. I'm gonna as somebody, yeah, as somebody who. Yeah, somebody who has this long-held thing of I want to change, want to change a country. In my case, Nigeria. I wanted to figure a way of making that country be what it could actually be, and but I found it inspiring. But uh, uh, like, so I, I, I think that. But at the same time, I'm almost kind of like, how do you actually go about doing it? And I, and I found it quite interesting that that I, I saw something else that was talking about the film earlier today that sort of said, oh, that the film. Like, you know, the, the march on Washington doesn't really play play that big a part. And it's like, and it is, they pretty much only show the final line of Martin Luther King's speech in there. But I thought that that's because that wasn't the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For me, I, I thought it wasn't the point. The point wasn't about, we're going to try and recreate this whole thing. Because quite frankly, you can't. You cannot recreate that speech. You cannot recreate that moment. But it was about... It, for me, it was about everything that he had to do up to that point. And once they go into Washington, once they, it's like, okay, it's been done. We've won. <laughs> we've done. We, we've won. And the speech, not the point. The thing, not the point. It was about. It was about the. It was about the unheralded, uncelebrated legwork that just happens that needs to happen to get to that point in the first place. And even though even the way the film ends, where there's a scene right at the end of the film where people get invited to go meet the president and Rustin's reaction to it, which I which I'm looking at and I'm going, they they they, that must have been true. That must actually have happened. Rustin's reaction to being invited to go speak to the president is kind of one of those things where you go, Ooh, if that happened, this guy was a one off. This guy was and we need we need more people like him. So I I really liked it. I would give it a four out of five.
1: And I'm going to go five out of five. Oh,
0: I knew it. <laughs>
1: I always I, I I say one up on you.
0: I knew it. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I don't think it has a chance in hell of Colman Domingo winning the Oscar. He is nominated no. for Best Actor. It doesn't have a chance in hell. But it, it's kind he, of like...
1: Well, he doesn't win it, but I I think that he would be absolutely deserving of it. I think everybody everybody who is up for an Oscar, well, I think... Ha- was in, an inspiring performance
0: yeah well I, I have to admit it is I've seen common Domingo and other things and I and this is one of those performances where i was like yeah I don't see him anymore he's disappeared because I've never seen him do anything like this before he's usually like he's usually charismatic and everything like that, and he's usually like the best dressed person in any scene he's in or stuff like that but it's he was just really really good in this and and um but yeah as i said no chance in hell but I mean every year there's a couple of people in some years when you have in some years with the Oscars, you look at the categories, I see that there are four people who are in that category because you need five people to actually have a category. <laughs> well, there's one person who's already been anointed and is going to win it. And I feel like we have that this year. With We have that this year with the Best Actor thing. So they had to put other people in there. You've got Jeffrey Wright and Common Domingo, who personally, I'm really, really happy to see them because they've been doing great work for years. But and I think it's for them, the nomination is probably the prize because... I don't think either of them have a chance of winning it. <laughs> but...
1: No, I don't think they will get them. But they are. I would be absolutely over the moon if they did.
0: Yes, and going back to the so Holly, I've sent you the the article that I was talking about. The Af- it's called the African accent and the colonial ear, and it's written Ooh. by Maxine Sibihau... No, Sibiwana Yeah, Ooh, Ma- Maxine Cebuana. Yeah, you, you, it's it's yeah, yeah. Talking about people being nominated, it's it starts off talking about Forest Whitaker winning an Oscar for playing Indy I mean. and and the specific the specificity of his accent. Anyway, now let us go back, and every now and then on this show, what we do is that one of us has gone to see something in the cinema. Another one of us goes, you know what? I don't care if it's already been reviewed, because unlike me, when one of you reviews a film, I kind of go, well, don't have to watch it now. I'm gonna go find something else, but but some of us like Holly. Go, you know what? I'm still gonna go watch that film. And so Holly went to watch Madam Web, and after Sean gave quite an illuminating review of Madam Web last week, Holly, what did you think?
1: So it was a very very quick overview again for anybody who hasn't yet heard Sean's critique. (laughs) It is a Marvel film about a character called
0: Cassandra. Okay, 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 yeah, okay. may I stop you there, may I stop you there. Okay, now this this is something which, obviously, as somebody like me, I'm a bit of a geek with these sort of things, I think it needs to be pointed out. Because when you say it's a Marvel film, people immediately will assume, some people will immediately assume, that this is from the same people who brought you Captain America and the Avengers movies and everything like that. It is not. It is a Sony film. Because... Uh, because for business reasons and law reasons, way back when, when Marvel didn't have money, they sold the rights to some characters to people like Sony and Fox and all that. And those people have been trying to keep hold of those rights, especially after they you what Marvel has done and they realize that these, these things are very... So anyway, this character is originally based on a Marvel comic book. Yes, I will give you that. However, yes. there needs to be a delineation made between Marvel... Movies, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Studios, and films that are made by other people with Marvel characters in them. Yes, this is very true. Yes, so this is from Sony, who have Marvel characters in them, but it is not the MCU.
1: It is not the MCU. Uh, The it is about Cassandra Webb, whose mother was investigating spiders when she was pregnant with her, and she died suddenly. Um, And Cassandra has been raised not knowing, you know, uh, in foster care, you know, being angry towards her mother for having taken risks in her pregnancy. And she has grown up to become a paramedic and um, in New York. And along comes a day when she is um, she is helping somebody get out of a car and the car goes over a bridge. Um, when there's been an accident and she drowns um, and is then resuscitated and after this she starts being able to see glimpses of the future and she will see something and then it will then it will then happen immediately afterwards yes And, and as a result of this she comes in contact with Uh, three young women who are being hunted by somebody who had known her mother um, many years ago in the jungle and she takes it upon herself to protect these young women and find out what's going on exactly. Um, She is played by uh, Dakota Johnson. Yes, I have absolutely no idea who else is in the film though I suspect we <laughs> be able to.
0: Sydney Sweeney, Isabella Merced, or Merced, I can never even know how to pronounce that. Tahir Rahim. Yes. Those are people. Thank <laughs> you.
1: Yes, they are people. They are also in it. Um I found it a very enjoyable film actually. It's it's B-movie. <laughs> I think I think is what we what we concluded at, at the at the watching. I will happily work it on in the background again in the future because that's just fine. Um, And it was, it was fun. It was silly. It wasn't profound, obviously. wasn't expecting it to be profound. Um, But it was, yeah. It was. It was a nice. It was a nice watch. That's probably (laughs) a silly, silly word, but was very glad to have seen it but it's not you know obviously it can't really live up to everything else from the mcu because it's not from the mcu so it doesn't have all of the same feel to it
0: yeah it's it's from sony who don't know what they're doing and i'm going to try very hard not to rehash my critique from last week because because Sharon's, yeah. already <laughs> Sharon's already heard it. Sharon's already heard anybody who's listened has already heard it. I understand heard what I think about Sony continuing to make superhero movies, uh, besides the Spider Verse movies. But yeah,
1: <laughs> it's. I liked it. Was glad to have seen it, but I can understand why it has been widely panned.
0: <laughs> so, how many stars would you give it?
1: Um, I will give it a three. Okay. Because it was quite enjoyable. And it was it was a it was the middle of the road B movie.
0: Yes. So for what it was
1: for what it was, now that which may not be what they were trying to make it, but for <laughs> what it was, it, it did that nicely. It's just it, Yeah, I I find um Dakota Johnson a bit of an oddity as well as somehow to me it always feels like she's playing the same person Mm -hmm. even though i don't think there's anything to support that it's just it always to me feels like dakota johnson plays dakota johnson
0: Um, yeah yeah i can see that i can see that i can see that and and sharon sharon to get you interested in this it occurred to me that some two two of the most scathing reviews we've had of films have been starring dakota johnson because she was obviously in persuasion don't remind
2: me of that film
1: (laughs) (laughs) and we do have all all three of the 50 shades of absolute unspeakable nonsense (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, oh,
0: I, 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 I mentioned last week. I said that like I don't believe that anybody is looking at the scripts for these Sony movies and thinking this is going to really help my career. I feel like they're just looking at it and that, that Sony must be spending loads of money to get these people into it because Sydney Sweeney yeah. is a star. Sydney Sweeney is like she's in she was known for Euphoria and everything like that. She is in yeah. one of the sleeper hits of last of this year, Anyone But You, and I don't think. It has to have been a money thing. It just has to have been a money thing for them to be in this film. And I think that Dakota Johnson, I hope that she's rich because her, I hope that she's been paid a lot for these films, for the Fifty Shades movies, for Persuasion, for this, because she is building a weird career of stinkers beside, <laughs> <laughs> beside films like, you know, oh uh, uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Bats Times of the Aerial. That that she was in that, and that's an excellent film. And I'm just kind of like, so it's it's kind of like, yeah. So Holly, I know what you're saying is like, what do you get from Dakota Johnson? What, what 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 does she give you? And I don't know that I know. I don't know that I know because every yeah, every character looks the same, has the same hairstyle, has the fringe. <laughs> so it's kind of like. So like every... I'm always
1: slightly annoyed by her fringe and that's a completely unreasonable thing to be annoyed by particularly as I take great issue with people you know, judging people they don't know on their appearance but her fringe manages to irritate me I... Who gets irritated by somebody's fringe? I mean it's ridiculous I'm, a, I'm a, very much in favour of fringes but her fringe always annoys me
0: So no Claudia Winkleman fan then?
1: No, no, her fringe <laughs> <fringes> scares
0: me. <laughs> She's like, what is she hiding? What is on her forehead? What is it? We must oh, know.
1: I'm yeah. I mean, also incredibly impressed by the quality of Claudia Winkleman's hair. I mean, it's quite wonderful. So, yeah. so, so okay. I So maybe you've established that I have a fear of, I have a fear of fringes on TV.
0: Yeah, a fringe of fringes, of, a fear of fringes, that's actually difficult to say. Fear of fringes on TV. All right, cool. Fear of fringes on TV and Madame Webb, three stars from Holly. But bear in mind that, as we have already established, Holly is the nice one who will <laughs> always try to find something nice to say. All right, but now let us go on to the abyss. And so Sharon, Sean has obviously been trying. He's been Sean has d- dived into Japanese stuff, chasing chasing after the high of getting a five thousand view video with his Godzilla minus one um, review. And you seem to have gone the other way, and you've gone like, well, not the other way, but you, you've also decided to go, oh, I'm going to go and see some stuff that's not in the English language. I'm going to go see something in other languages for a while. Mostly. Scandi. Yeah, so sort of Scandi, sort of like Western European, because you went Flemish last week, and this week, where are we going? Are we going, what, Swedish?
2: A Swedish film, yes.
0: Swedish film, which is named, well, the English name of this Swedish film is. I have a feeling that somebody was thinking, if we named it this, some people might watch it thinking it's a James Cameron movie from the 80s. It's else, <laughs> yeah. So but it's called the
2: Abyss. And as we said um, about the last film, Madam Webb, that it was, you know, it's a B film. I think this is basically the streaming version of Straight to Video.
0: Oh yeah, 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 gotcha.
2: I don't think there's any other way of describing <laughs> a lot of what's on Netflix, to be honest with you, I think is the Straight to Video Films of today yeah I, I think um, that
0: that is fair Netflix, Netflix has taken over that market
2: and I've, I am one of those people who I get to this point of the week and um, I think I've got the podcast to do and I think by sort of Tuesday I get gripped for the sense of panic that I haven't seen anything <laughs> so sometimes if I have a I have an evening i'll think i've got to watch something i can't have another week where i've got nothing to review so sometimes i do have that moment of mild desperation so this was a film i chose out of slight mild desperation because <laughs> uh, it said um oh this was in the top 50 of uh top 10 films in 100 countries i thought oh well, i <laughs> I don't actually believe it Well, because i've seen the film now <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I amazing mean, you know and it, yes, um that's I think for me on Netflix that's the equivalent of giving you a plastic toy and your breakfast cereal It's
0: like, <laughs> it's like top ten yay <laughs> top ten is gonna yeah, break yeah. Uh, that's actually very very apt it's like top ten like it. <laughs> it's like Top Gun hope you like it, but it's it's, it's gonna break in five minutes <laughs> <It's gonna break. laughs>
2: yeah, it's one of them anyway, so this is a film it's a disaster film. Um, from Sweden Um, it is basically the abyss is a mine and this is set in the town of Kiruna uh, which is basically a mining town and they have been built on this they've been people of generations have worked and mined this mountain for its resources for generations and basically they have hollowed out the mountain and every now and then because of this sort of shift in it's like an unstable part of the world. Every now and then, these lot like, of these voids will cr- appear, or they get like sinkholes because basically, there's they live up t- on top of a hollow mountain now, mm. and there's this sort of this event has been coming where more and more of these sort of sinkholes are appearing and these chasms, and basically, um, this film is the big one where where the town is. And has been on the verge of like horrible things happening and now this has happened this this the mountain is decided that it's had enough it's going to open up and swallow this town and our main characters is a, a a plucky a plucky woman who has been working on the mine for many many years she's estranged from her husband and she's got a new partner and he is decides that this is the time that he's going to go and visit her and meet her two teenage children and the night before all, everything all kicks off, her Tino's son um, has decided that he's just going to go out with his mates and have a, a jolly time before he decides on whether he's going to go to university or stay. And on the edge uh, of the Hattino's on the edge
0: of the thing in the ground, a crisis. Sorry, said, on the edge of the mine in the ground, or the edge of the big hole in the ground. I'm guessing
2: they go up and have a picnic, yeah, right next to where the, <laughs> the abyss is about to open up. And, and so, in your typical um, disaster film, fair mum goes to rescue her children in peril and then they all start off together then they'll get separated and they go and do things and um, the, the, the story unfolds and then people end up doing reckless crazy things um, just because they can and then, <laughs> then there's the choices that we probably wouldn't make um, but obviously there's, there's foolishness there's heroism there's mums doing what mums do um, all in Swedish in subtitles so you know it was a it's a straight
0: to video as they come. <laughs> <laughs> was, like, was it a bit like you know the film Troll? Troll, yeah, yeah which was that is, is that Swedish as well? That was also on Netflix and it fell.
2: I, I also no, saw that.
0: Yeah, I think it's Norwegian. Norwegian, okay, yeah, Norwegian. Yeah, it's. I think it's Norwegian. Yeah, uh, and, but it felt like you know it was a Scandinavian take on your American disaster movie or your American yes. big creature feature, but with I mean uh, that uh, I felt like that felt a little bit more high quality than straight to video. But did this feel a little bit like? Um, there's sometimes I feel like because America has just such a big hold on this on the cinema landscape worldwide. You have different places that kind of go. We're gonna do our take on an American. Genre movie and stuff like that.
2: Exactly that. Yeah, all the all the actors are sort of probably improbably good looking.
0: Oh yeah, There's yeah. No yeah. Sort of yeah. Monster. Well, but come on, it, it is Swedish, and I'm pretty sure that that is not. I'm pretty sure that that is not a stereotype whatsoever. That everybody in Sweden yeah, is blonde probably. and good looking.
1: Yes, very attractive. The entire population.
0: I've seen yes, the Skarsgård well. Brothers, and as from what I understand, that's what everybody in Sweden looks like.
1: Also very tall. <laughs> Very tall. The Skarsgård's
2: are disconcertingly tall. Not normal. So well, yes, yeah, so this is uh, it's, yes. It's, it's basically this, the the, um, the Swedes saying, "We can do it. We will take your disaster movie and we'll raise you." You've got volcanoes and earthquakes. We've got hollow mountains. So take that, Hollywood. Mm. And so they basically that's what they've done. So it's 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 stupid as these films are. It's funny. In places, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I found a few bits laughable. <laughs> um, and it, it's got, it's got, it's got <laughs> what you want for a master film. So basically, it does. It delivers what it's supposed to do. It's not going to win any awards. It's not going to sort of be, I won't remember what it's about in about three months' time. In fact, <laughs> I had to look at what it was called this morning Something I'm thinking, <laughs> I know I've seen it before, but I can't remember what it was called. And I only saw it about three days ago. So, um, yes. It's not going to break any record, shatter anyone's illusions about the Swedish film industry, uh, but it, was, it did what it said. So it was never going to be anything more than a three, and I think it probably made the three. There's a few scenes that I think would have Sean shouting at the screen. Um, I think, <laughs> Come on. Um, but I knew what I was going into, <laughs> and it delivered what I was supposed to, so it was a three <laughs> film.
0: <laughs>
2: the film version of Madam Web.
0: So, <laughs> so I just, I just love, I just love the idea. When the, it's like what you said, though. No, half Sean shouting at the screen now. Uh, now, I, I just have this, this sort of like little sadist thing that just wants to make Sean watch this film now. <laughs> and just, I <and> just <laughs> watch him, watch him for the second where he goes.
2: What are you doing? <laughs> There's a a scene at the end where, like, one of the big rescues, you know, oh, someone's in peril, and then they have to put themselves at great risk to save them. And a few times it's just like, (laughs) come
0: on. It's like, pull the other one. I feel
2: we need a a goggle box of Sean watching films.
1: (laughs) (laughs) for that. (laughs)
0: Well, see, but as I said last week, I do have I do have my um uh, I mean, unfortunately Sean is not with us. I don't think it's feeling that well. Um so get well soon, Sean. Get well soon, Sean. But uh, the thing is, I do think that Sean went to see Madame Webb last week and I will maintain because he wanted to get annoyed. He he wanted to get annoyed, and he wanted to complain, and he wanted to huff and puff in his seat, and and sort of like mentally throw things at the screen. Which, and I think, if you ask me, that is why Sean went to see Madam Web last week. So, I so a Sean goggle box, I think, would be a great idea because, yeah. uh, not, not to not to fulfill stereotypes but out of all of us I do think he complains the most <laughs> he complains the most. so okay yeah that is it so three stars for the abyss three stars for the abyss and all that's left to do this week because we only have two things in each side or two things in cinema two things on Netflix and Friends is to figure out who do we think has won this week <laughs> <laughs> do 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 do
2: do had a five
0: so
2: and then we've had three and then we've had <laughs> <I> <laughs> netflix. Hi.
0: okay so sharon says tie holly says
2: netflix,
0: netflix.
1: <laughs> yes because of my five for rusting
0: yes due to your five for rusting You are correct. Netflix and Friends has just about pipped it this week by 0.25 of a point. (laughs) Of a star. Yeah, not 0.25 because 3.5 for cinema, 3.75 for Netflix and Friends. Right, cool. So that's it. Until next week when I think probably three people who will be on this thing will have seen Dune Part 2. Maybe four, but somebody has to go into negotiations and you know... (laughs) And like, you know, give away I quite a few film. give a give away quite a few privi- privileges and everything like that. Maybe he has to buy two cinemas and see the film in two in two cities. Second time just showing halfway through the film. Yep, yep, okay, cool. That's good. We got this now. But was we'll it you Patu. I think um we might have finished watching I think Killers of the Flower Moon we'll probably talk about next week. And I know I know Holly, you and I have started watching Mr. And Mrs. Smith on Prime Video. I don't know whether you finished it. Not finished it me neither but maybe next week we'll be able to find out what we think about mr and mrs smith with donald glover and maya erskine well until next week please do get in touch with us or get in touch with holly on twitter at netflix vs cinema Get get in touch with, uh, yeah, get in touch with them on there. We can you can speak to us on on YouTube. Like somebody who got in touch with us and mentioned on one of our reviews on YouTube this week, which I shall not read out because I think this person was just trying to get a rise out of us, so and was not helpful. So goodbye to you. <laughs> Say good day to you, sir. And um, but yeah, but Shao will probably pick that up. And until next week, it's a goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from, it's a goodbye from me.
2: Goodbye from me. Goodbye for me.
0: Thank you ever so much for joining us.